We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. They're going to kill the love of my life. Casey! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck. Bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide. In theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a Hollywood acceptance speech. I'm so surprised! I had no idea! I'm not even prepared! Um, okay. <clears throat> I'd like to thank the progressive discounts that got me here. Safe driver, multi-car, paid in full multi-policy. This is just such a big moment. And did I mention that I'm surprised? With all kinds of discounts, Progressive helps you save. Oh, 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 and I want to thank my agent and all my discounts agents because we all have the same agent. Don't start the music! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Discounts not available in all states or situations. We're back. What's up? I feel like it's such a perfect fit and it makes so much sense. It's so much sense. And because of that, it's not going to happen. No chance. (laughs) This is the Roto-Wire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Your host, Andrew Laird, Mike Dawson. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Roto-Wire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I am Mike Gottlieb, and with me, as always, is Andrew Laird. Man, does it feel good to be back? And you, I mean, I, I'm back. You've been, you've been around. You're doing your MLS thing, and actually, recently, you had a nice 
a nice dinner with some FSTA folks, uh, even with some fantasy soccer news being brought up. You want to tell us about that? Anything you can tell us about that? No, just that we're growing, meaning fantasy, the fantasy soccer world is growing, and I think there are going to be some nice improvements to, to games that are already out and some new ones that should be coming out shortly that we'll, we'll be able to have a nice portfolio of sites that we can play on and it's exciting for fantasy soccer certainly and one of those sites and one of the new places is taga and we recently participated in i would imagine what is the earliest expert draft ever to be conducted before the <laughs> season uh, we don't even know who's on what team or even close to even knowing with the finalized versions of teams however we did do an expert draft and it was a lot of fun i really uh, i thank the taga guys for including both of us but uh, I just want to get your reaction, just the, and you're going to see the results of the draft and our analysis of what happened uh, on the on Rotowire very soon. But I just want to get your initial reaction to the strategies you saw in the draft. Anything that caught your eye? Well, <clears throat> with Taga scoring, your the values are much different than what a lot of people would consider for sites like even the Premier League's official game or. Uh, what we played on ESPN, which is pretty similar, or even the daily games like um, you know DraftKings and Mondo Gold, Draft Goal, all of them kind of ha- have chosen their st- statistics to be you know what they value. And Taga goes kind of beyond that. Uh, you get a lot of points for you know chances created and uh, successful take on stuff like that for the attacking ones, and then you get your tackles won and interceptions. I mean, it goes it runs the gamut, and so you get guys who. Uh, don't normally get a lot of uh, interest in other fantasy leagues. You know, even with the defending stats, it's not quite as as heavy as draft goal or or draft eleven were. But the you know you get value from guys like Nemanja Matic and stuff, and you know, holding midfielders that the player pool kind of opens up a little more. So we both went into it kind of with a similar strategy that we didn't want to overrate defenders even though they can provide a lot of value in Taga and I think I waited until the 10th round for my first defender you waited till the 12th and you know the the usual suspects were early Baines and Trippier and Bertrand and Ivanovich but you know you get other guys in there that I don't know I I I wanted to focus more on attacking players specifically specifically in the midfield because Taga you know you get those the dual defensive points in the attacking ones from midfielders, you don't get a lot of defensive points from forwards. Uh, that being said, I took two forwards in my first three picks, but uh, I think, I don't know, we'll see. The goalies obviously were, as we, you know, kind of talked about, are kind of like kickers in in uh, fantasy football, American football, but I think I'm, they're maybe cl- a little closer to defend, you know, the defense special teams that we're used to. I think they're a little more valuable than kickers. I, I don't think they're a dime a dozen. Um, whereas I, I feel like kickers are, uh, particularly since I wrote the kickers preview for our fantasy football magazine, that <laughs> <laughs> writing about 32 guys that are pretty much all the same, but I don't know. I, I, I was happy with my team. It was a little bit of a weird draft because we were allowed to choose players that, um, may have may be transferring in, but may, but haven't yet, um, which you I kicked I, off I, right away. I say I I pre I almost broke the draft by uh, I, a little a little spoiler here. I selected Kevin De Bruyne, uh, who I actually notoriously don't like, uh, mm-hmm. and, and near the end of the third round is my first midfielder I took. And we well, took Depay first, and I'm not sure he was official yet. 
or was he? He was he at was. that it time. It was a slow draft, I'll say. It took about it, a week to it finish. It took, so. took about two, a week or two to finish, yeah. yeah. But uh, no, Memphis Depay was official at the time. However, oh, okay. my question was, yeah, I still don't know, and this is something that will affect drafts drastically, in my opinion, if Memphis Depay is considered a midfielder or a forward. Yep. <clears throat> and position eligibility, to me, was one of the key things for some players. So for a midfielder versus forward, and then also forward, a midfielder versus defender. Yes. So that's the that's the big one. And I took a player at the end of the draft, Emery Chan, who may be a defender next year. And if he is, there is tons of value there. If he's not, not nearly. If he's a midfielder, still not nearly as much. Yep. The and, uh, you the response to your question of where DePay would fit in was from um, I think it was John Wallen fantasy at Fantasy Gaffer, where he said he wasn't sure if he was going to be an Alexis Sanchez forward or an Eden Hazard midfielder, which I think is such a great combo because they're they're very similar players at some points, but uh, they are often different positions in games, you know, so Sanchez is a forward in a lot of daily sites, but he's, he was a midfielder at least last year in the official Premier League game. So it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Yeah, and just yeah, and the position eligibility, where defenders and goaltenders go, we all kind of knew that there were going to be a lot of forwards and midfielders taken early, and there were, but where people were going to slide into the other roles, where they were going to take their defenders, where they were going to take their goaltenders – that's what I was looking for, and I was not disappointed. There was there there's different strategies across the board. Uh, if you look at it, yeah, eventually you're going to see the color coded uh, the draft that we did, just like you'd see on a football board. But the color for defenders, it's like it's like a almost like a Jackson Pollock in the top part of the draft, <laughs> but it's a solid block. It's more like you know the, that modern art with just the blocks of color near towards the bottom of the draft. Everyone's getting their defenders in at the end, but. I mean, it was it was a lot of what I expected, but there was also key things that I did not expect. Uh, you know, two one person having two goalies by the ninth round. You know, they, they, I mean, they, that 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 was just stunning to me. But you'll see our reaches. You'll see well, who we thought were reaches, who we thought were steals, uh, and our analysis of the two. Uh, right, you know, uh, in, a, in, a, in a day or two or so uh, on Rotowire.com, and you'll be able to see all of our reactions. And but we want to get to. What we've always loved talking about, and that is the transfer shenanigans, both the true stuff and possibly the false stuff. So I want to get to there's the, false stuff, false rumors. I know it's crazy oh goes out there, uh, but transfer the, the the transfers that have already been completed. And I and I, we're not going to talk about all of them, but we, I do want to talk about the ones that I think are going to have an impact on uh, fantasy Premier League going on next year. So I don't, I'm not going to talk about you know the big signings across Europe, just England for right now. But the biggest one so far, and the one that affects me the most, is P- uh, Peter Cech going from Chelsea to Arsenal. I'm sure you're pretty happy about that. Yeah, yeah. The I believe I saw that he's the fourth highest transfer uh, transfer price for a goalie ever paid, which was a little surprising to me because it was only 11 million pounds. But that's not nothing, particularly for a guy who, uh, you know, is a little on the older side. At this not for goalies, he's 33. Sure. Sure. Maybe I'm just uh, thrown off because Courtois is so young that he shouldn't be that good that young. But we've seen plenty of them. T- you know, Terstegen over at Barca is the same way. So, but yeah, I think it's a it's a solid move. I you know David Ospino was pretty good um, last year when he finally took over the starting job. I I've never been much of a Wojcik Szczesny fan. So as soon as he lost the job for smoking a cigarette at the Southampton dressing room, I was 
perfectly content to see Ospina take over. Looks like Ospina is going to leave. There's no reason for him to stay on as a backup. But yeah, I mean, John Terry thinks it's that check is good for 12 to 15 points. And if that's the case, they, they win, win the title. They'll win the title. Yeah. Uh, what money well spent, if that's the case, if they, if they improve 12 to 15 points and it's because of their defensive efforts. Yeah, definitely money well spent. Uh, let's move on to, uh, actually one of the trickier signings, uh, Roberto Firmino, who, when he was drafted in the target draft, everyone was saying, Oh, he's going to be a good addition for Manchester United. Uh, fast forward a few days or a week later, and he's on his way to Liverpool. Uh, what do you think, uh, his prospects are going forward uh, as a Liverpool player instead of a Manchester United player? The Firmino story was so strange because the the news came out from his agent that he had signed with a Premier League club, and it was almost like everybody gave up because we all just assumed it was Man U. So there was there wasn't even a a thought that it was Liverpool until Liverpool announced it. Yeah, it's a nice move. It's that midfield's getting really crowded though, and you know it's not transferring into the Premier League isn't always the easiest thing to do. I saw that he was the biggest transfer in Bundesliga history, which is. You know, there have been some pretty good players in, in the Bundesliga, but I guess they're not really moving at, at the point of their careers that he is. But, but yeah, the you would think that it should in, indicate that they're loosening up the idea of getting rid of Sterling because I'm just not sure how you fit in Firmino, Sterling, Lalana, Milner, uh, Coutinho. I feel like, you know, and those are just the attacking ones, not to mention you've got guys like Jordan Henderson behind them. So... Yeah. There, well, Firmino, Firmino to me actually fits in better next to Henderson because he knows how to tackle too. Mm-hmm. He's a very valuable asset in a in a Taga like scoring because he can go both ways. He's a box to box guy that can tackle. He loves mm-hmm. to tackle, and he can also score goals. Right. So you think he's? Well, that's interesting. I didn't. Yeah. I, to be honest, I didn't even really consider it. But yeah, I guess well, it's, yeah. A lot. Does of, that take away from Henderson then? Uh, I you know it's I don't know that this crop of midfielders is the final crop that goes into the next season. <laughs> I point. think with Milner coming in, with Ings, who we'll talk to in a, about a second, with Ings coming in, who we'll also talk about, I think it's spelling the end for Raheem Sterling. It's just it's just a negotiating ploy. You know we don't need you know we don't need you uh, as much as you need us for the money that you want to make. Yep. And if you want to go to Manchester City. Go ahead, and we're just going to wait for this number. Yep. And Which it I, sounds like they might get. If they do get it, I think it would be great business by Liverpool. I think it's you know, Robert, uh, no, not really. I mean, Firmino is not going to be the same player as Raheem Sterling. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But Raheem Sterling, in Manchester City terms, how much different is he than a guy like Jesus Navas? Oh, he's much better than Navas. How so? I think he just he's more accurate in everything that he does. And so he's not just some guy throwing in crosses on the wing. I think he's very good at creating. He can finish. I think the problem is that he thinks he's the kind of player to build a team around and he's very much not. And if he understands that he is sort of a uh you know, a peripheral piece to Sergio Aguero, then maybe you know, if he understands his role, I think he could be really, really good for them. But fifty million pounds for Raheem Sterling. All, all of that being said, fifty million is absurd. Like yeah. I, I've never been uh, terribly uh, impressed to the point where I thought he was one of the best players in the Premier League, and fifty million pounds kind of indicates that he is. That would be almost double the price of what Chelsea paid. Not almost double. It would be like a 
70% more than what Chelsea paid for Eden Hazard. Yeah, well, I th- the, the Premier League's in a slightly different spot now in terms of just how much money is available. So I'm not sure that you... I don't, yeah. I don't know if that's an apples-to-apples apples comparison, uh, but I agree so, with you that that he shouldn't be on the top of the list of yeah. highest, you know, in, in-league transfers. Well, uh, yeah, I'll get to one of the... Uh, you know what? Uh, this is a nice comparison. I'll do one of the rumors here, the rumors. Right. So Chelsea are going after Antoine Griezmann. It's no, no secret. Mm-hmm. Would you rather spend $50 million on Griezmann or would you rather spend it on Sterling? I, I, would, I wouldn't spend 50 on either of them. But if you have, I mean, I'm trying to do a direct comparison here. If you had to choose one, I think it depends on the team. Like I don't think Griezmann would would play well at Man City. Like I think Sterling fits at Man City better than Griezmann, and I think Griezmann fits better at Chelsea than Sterling. I'm not sure where Sterling would play in Chelsea. That's kind of why I wonder why. I mean, are they pretty much just dipping their toe because it can yeah to drive jack up the price? Up the price? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So They're, I I don't the the market for Raheem Sterling is limited. And the the talk earlier this summer that Bayern Munich was interested was laughable because he's, I don't think he... Too expensive play. won't play. Yeah. So, you know, they they bought Mario uh, Goetze for 37 million euros, I believe. And I yep. think that was the fourth biggest transfer ever. And he is much better than Raheem Sterling. Yep. So, and there's rumors that he's not happy there. Yeah. Bayern. So, I mean, he, if Man City want to go after a player, like, that's who they should be going after. Yeah, but Man City need to get some homegrown talent. Yeah. Well, that's that's why Sterling has value, has yeah. the extra value. For, because for extra value to Man City, yeah. Particularly for Man City, right. Like, I mean, the, so I don't, I think he's, you know, he could be a great player one day. I, I don't think he's ever going to live up to a 50 million pound price tag. Yeah, well, let's stick at Liverpool here. And uh, so they've done a lot of business already. They've signed Firmino. Uh, Nathaniel Klein, they've also signed James Milner and Danny Ings, and, um, uh, and a couple of other young players that we don't need to get to, to into, like Joe Evans. He's a year or two away at least. But Nathaniel Klein, uh, James Milner, or Danny Ings, I'm assuming Nathaniel Klein is the most fantasy relevance here? I think so. I, I was actually chatting a little bit on Twitter this morning, taping this on a Thursday, that I think Klein's value, fantasy value, goes down in season-long leagues because... Liverpool, you know, a lot of the value he had last year with Southampton were just from the clean sheets. And Liverpool, I I have very little faith that they're going to, you know, be as stingy as Southampton was last year. And so for season-long games, that's a big part of a defender's value. Um, You need to find the guys who can get a few assists, which he is, and get the clean sheets. And that, I I worry that it's going to happen. So... I think it's a very good move for Liverpool, and you had mentioned it previously that it, it almost guarantees that they're going to play a back four because he, or they turn. I, I don't think he is. It would be a waste to have him kind of as a wing mid, midfielder because he's so good defensively, but he's certainly not a center back either to play a back three. So it it at least gives us a clear idea of how Liverpool plays next year, which may force Emery Chan to be a midfielder. Uh, which I think would I think would be better. I agree. I, I, I think agree. if they I mean, here, it, it, it would be better for them. I don't think it'd be better for fantasy. No, it wouldn't. Uh, I mean, for fantasy though, I mean they can line up in so many different ways because of the midfielders that they have. And I, like which I, I never, I, which I I'm not always convinced is a good thing. Well, yeah, that's why I keep saying that I don't think that this crop of midfielders is the final crop that they're yeah. going to have. Yep. 
I think there's going to be some definitely some people leaving at this point. And also, and player a player that I like who's probably never going to play now, uh, he probably should be loaned out. Is Jordan Ibe? Yep. Where does he play now? Yep. He uh, should. Yeah, he should go play for Norwich. Yeah, he should. He should be loaned out somewhere. I mean, yeah. he, he needs to. He needs to play or go back to. Uh, uh, he played in the MLS with DC United, right? Or, or the Revs, I forgot. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he definitely played in the MLS as a 17-year-old, I believe. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I'd love to see him back in uh, in, in the MLS, maybe for all. Oh, I guess for NYCFC, he doesn't have to be a designated player. That's mm-hmm. fine. But uh, anyway, uh, let's go on here to uh, Southampton here because Southampton replaced Nathaniel Klein. Did you want to talk about Ings? We should talk about him a little bit. I just don't think he's going to play much. That's the only thing I'm I'm going to say. Do you think they bought him with the idea to play him with Sturridge, hoping that not that he's like Luis Suarez, but like that the putting a, a real attacking forward with Sturridge instead of Sterling would help him, or do you think they did it because they think Sturridge is never going to be healthy, and so they need Ings to lead the line? I, I would be more inclined to say the latter. Yeah. I, I mean, you're going to see this in my analysis. If you think Danny Ings is going to start all the time, you're banking on one of two things. That Liverpool plays with two forwards all the time. Which they could. I mean, they've done that. That's what they did with Sturridge and Suarez. And I don't think Ings and Sturridge is nearly as good. And I okay. think, I mean, we talked about how Ings is not even close to the player that, let's say, Charlie Austin may be. Yeah. So, you know, Danny Ings... Or you're, or you're going to say that uh, Daniel Sturridge will be, have long, long-term injuries, which is more likely, but still not something you should bank on, yeah. especially not you know, in the round in which he was taken in the Tiger draft, which I will let you guys read about on the website. Yeah. But it, uh, Danny Ings, to me, is, a, is a, a safety net and a homegrown safety net. Yep. So uh, Liverpool have no problem with the homegrown players, but – I think Danny Ings is just a stopgap solution. I don't think he's the, I don't think he's a legit replacement for Sturridge, nor do I think he's a great partner for Sturridge either. Mm-hmm. I think you know when you have because if he's a partner with Sturridge, then where does Coutinho fit in? Yeah, and Coutinho was arguably their best player last year. I don't think so, but he was arguably their best player. He got he was on the short list for Player of the Year. <laughs> well, <laughs> we yes, all- he was, but. <laughs> Exactly. But, you know, I, I, like I said, that's why I don't want to get too much into Danny because I don't think he's going to factor too much. I mean, are you going to pick him up in any kind of format? Week one? No, no. No, not, especially not for the price you're likely going to have to pay. Uh, but Nathaniel Klein's replacement at Southampton is uh, Cedric, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, Suarez, S O A R E S. But he just goes by Cedric, so that's how we'll go. Well, that's how we'll refer to him. He moves from Lisbon to Southampton. Uh, you know, if he's priced right, would you consider taking him as just you know the right back who plays for a good defensive team? Absolutely, absolutely. Because, I mean, maybe I'm un- underestimating it, but I I can't imagine he's going to be as expensive as Klein. Uh, so, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and to me, what was bo- mind-boggling to me is they paid more money for Cedric than Tottenham paid for. Here in Trippier, who we're going to talk about right now, I mean, he, Trippier moves from Burnley to Tottenham. I mean, that seems like he's going to be the number one defender at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, he. There's kind of talk whether he's going to start right away, and I wonder if I, when they bought him, I thought to myself, "That's insane." Well, if he Kyle does. Walker's done, and it's kind of a bummer for DeAndre Yedlin, who has been linked to Norwich, uh, but. Yedlin just needs to play, and I, you know, there, I was chatting with somebody about it 
on Twitter, and it was like, well, Yedlin can still fight for the spot. And it's like, there, no way that he has a chance at that job, at least this year. And Trippier, did, did I'm not see, sure. Did, did that guy see Trippier play last year? <laughs> I don't know. But Trippier, um, what was it? It was only three and a half million pounds, right? Yeah. Which I feel like is something that, that's not high enough for me to say, yes, he's going to start right away. Uh, I, I wonder if they need Walker because I think Walker's at this point a little bit of a better defender than Trippier. I think Trippier, you know, could just as well be, you know, the Ashley Young, Antonio Valencia kind of midfielders that he kind of can move back a little bit, but he's more of a offensive threat. So the I think he's, he'll get more assists, but he'll get fewer clean sheets, and it's not like he got that many clean sheets last year. Like so. The conversation that I had with John Wallen about this is that I'm not sure this increases Trippier's value that much because he was already considered a really good fantasy option. You know, had Burnley stayed up, he was he's still in the top three to five. And I mean, I, I, I guess you could make the argument that he's number one now, but I think, you know, if they don't get the clean sheets and, you know, if Harry Kane gets hurt and instead of, you know, throwing balls into Harry Kane, he's throwing them into... Adebayor or somebody else that they buy, like I'm, I, I could see him not being the top defender, at least in season-long games and in daily with the crosses. You know, as long as he plays, he'll be number one. Yeah. All right, and uh, let's get to the. I mean, you know my opinions on Memphis to pay going from PSV to Man U. I just want to know. I mean, for example, you didn't see, you didn't mention him as a reach. I don't think. Uh, in the first round for when I picked him. Uh, do you think he's going to be a hit over there, Manu? I, th- I thought he was going to be a hit immediately, and then I think it was Ronald Koeman recently said how it's not always that easy to go from, um, you know, playing in the Netherlands to playing in England. And, you know, that's going from one league to any other league. You know, it's not that easy. We saw kind of the the vast differences between Wilfred Boney and, and Josie Altidore coming from... from uh, from Holland. So I, I don't know, like he, he's young, he's exciting. He's already, you know, an established player on the national team. So there was a, you know, there's a reason why he was, you know, the, the first buy this year, uh, you know, he wanted to leave Van Hall knows him from the, the Dutch national team. So now he's an exciting player, but a lot, you know, there are highlights on YouTube, you know, 20 minute highlight videos of him doing free kicks. I'm not sure he's going to get those. And so the, the opportunities that he, he may not have the, the volume of opportunities at Man U, but, uh, you know, and it depends where he lines up, you know, if he's going to start up front with Rooney or, you know, who knows if they bring RVP back. So I think there are a lot of questions, but where, you know, I think he's a first round, he, he has the upside of a first round value. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think he's going to be great. I actually do think he starts taking set pieces because Wayne Rooney isn't the same as they used to be on set pieces. He may, uh, the, the debate for me is he's a first-rounder if he gets to take penalties. He's instantly a first-rounder. Yeah, I mean, I assume he'll be in the conversation, but as long as Di Maria is there, I think he's an option to take the free kicks. Juan Mata, too. So I, I, uh, there are questions, obviously. So let, let's get to one of the rumored guys. I mean, you think Di Maria stays at Manchester United? It doesn't, it doesn't sound like there's much of a market for him. You know, Barcelona... The, this talk of Barcelona is a little silly because they can't even play him until January, and so if this idea that and also they, their front three is pretty good last time I checked, right, right. So I'm not sure how 
he fits in with those three. I mean, obviously he plays behind him and he can try to feed them, but I'm not sure they really need him. Uh, as weird as that sounds, like they're they've got some very strong midfielders right now. Rakitic is a beast, and you know Di Maria's upside I think is higher than Rakitic, but I, I don't think he fits in there. PSG talk has been kind of quiet. I don't know if that's because they're just waiting to pounce or they're just not interested anymore. But uh, I think PSG are they're going. PSG can either sign Di Maria or Pogba, and they need to lose Pogba before they go after Di Maria. Right, right. And the, so, rumor, and the rumor today is that they are going to launch a $98 million euro bid for Pogba. For Pogba. Yeah, I mean, the the Pogba talk has kind of quieted down also because, uh, you know, Juventus have no, no reason to sell him if there's not a, an offer that blows them away at this point. You know, he's still under contract for a few years. He likes playing there. They're getting significantly better after adding Mandzukic and um, Dybala, so it's not like they're going to fall off the face of the earth. Uh, you know, the next season, uh, this season was hardly a fluke. So, uh, you know, it's still a, a fine opportunity for Pogba to play there. So, I just don't think you know if if PSG and Barca aren't interested, there's not a big enough market to sell Di Maria unless you're taking a humongous loss, which. At this point, there's no reason for United to do it. So I think he sticks around, and I think, you know, he's just got to figure out a way to get in the first team. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, I mean, if, if he does stay, I think there is tons of – I mean, there is potential value there, but he also was not a guaranteed start yep. in Van Hall's lineup. So that's another aspect to consider. And, and with the pay coming in, I think that makes it even harder for Dean Maria to get consistent time because they play similar positions. Yeah. Nope, we'll see. And then uh, another done deal that just you know finished up this morning on a Thursday is uh, two years ago uh, an Everton favorite, Jerry D. Gerard Deulafeu from Barcelona. Uh, he is going to move back to Everton, and I think there's value here. I think there's a very sneaky market here for him. I think he's going to be priced pretty low. And Everton, they probably are not going to sign Aaron Lennon now because they got Jerry D. back. Yeah, yeah, Lennon. No reason for to go after Lennon with the with the signing. Yeah, he was very good for Everton two seasons ago. He got hurt, and I think he was hurt for most of last season. So that's my only hesitation with him. That you know he's still young, but when you have guys, it, it, it's the second year after a major injury. Yeah, and but, you know, I and you know, I think that's when players really come back. Well, I I believe he he had another injury after the major one. So yeah. that's that's why it kind of why it'd be only slightly hesitant about him. One guy or the two guys that we kind of always want to talk about in that Everton midfield are Morales and Barkley. Um, and Morales actually went in that Taga draft right after you picked Jerry D. But I don't, that's one team I'm not sure what to make of uh, because they seem like they have a few pieces, but Martinez doesn't seem to know how to put them together. So they're yeah, not, I think he could be not in his pieces. Well, that's true too. So, I mean, the way that I see Everton is that they have a coach that wants to play a certain way, but he doesn't have the power or he doesn't have the ability to get the players that he has to play in his system, nor does he have the power to get the players that he wants. Yeah, that's fine. I feel like, I feel like there's a little bit of a push and pull going on with Roberto Martinez at Everton. And if Jerry D is one of the players, he obviously wanted him. Uh, Lukaku was another player that he obviously wanted. And those are real. I mean, I can't. I don't. I don't know. You know, two big signings. I mean, Gareth Barry was good for him as well. 
He was better on loan until they bought him. Correct. And James McCarthy's been good as a as a as a box to box midfielder. Those are the guys he's brought in. They performed well, but the guys he didn't bring in, the Ross Barkleys, the uh, the Kevin Morales of the world, they haven't really adapted to his system. And I don't think he's going to change his system the way yep. that he's coached. And also, Leighton Baines, by the way, has not been great under Roberto Martinez's system. Yeah. It's something to look out for. He's on the wrong side of 30 and playing in a system that's not conducive to his skills. Just mm-hmm. throwing that out there. <clears throat> but uh, Jerry D is the player that I do think will play well in that system, that quick passing, that quick movement. Uh, I think he's going to create a lot of chances for Taga purposes, and I think he's going to actually score some goals and help ease the pressure off of, of Romelu Lukaku to score some goals. Yeah. And I also don't think Ross Barkley is there at the end of the season. Or, but it, it, he either goes in this window or in the January window. One of the two. Yeah, they, they need him to start playing well to, to sell they, him because, I mean, he's young, he's English, so, they you know. Man City are, is Man City's interested. Yeah. So is Chelsea, but Man City more. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with Everton. I, I don't think there's a ton of value there, and Leighton Baines included. I don't think there's a ton of fantasy value there. In fact, the one player, I'm going to bring up one of our rumor guys, player who's going to be leaving Everton, I think, has the most value. Uh, just on loan, but Luke Garbett p- p- potentially going to Burnman. Yeah, that I the the weird thing about this Taga draft is that because it took a week and a half, like guys were moving in and out, and you and I both were really high on Garbett when he played, and then he actually didn't even when Baines got hurt at the end of last season, Garbett was passed over for I don't know if it's Brandon or Brendan, I can't remember Galloway, and it was in when he was eighteen or nineteen. Not that Garbett's, I mean Garbett's only twenty or twenty one, so. Uh, that seemed to spell the end. Garbett was free to leave Everton. He apparently re-signed, uh, got a new five-year deal, but with this understanding that he's going to go to Burnmouth. So, yeah, they, they've got a lot of interesting pieces that, you know, depending on how they transition to the Premier League, one guy who's there also is your favorite is Christian Atsu, who was just a disaster at Everton. Well, I mean, disaster in terms of he didn't just play. couldn't play. Yeah, the... Uh, I kind of wish that Chelsea had followed through on their threat to call him back in January and find him a new club, but I don't. There, there must have been a reason why they thought he'd stay. Whether, you know, Mar- Martinez lied to them by saying, "Yeah, he'll get more playing time" or not, but the they can score some goals. So they, you know, they did. They scored a ninety-eight last year, yeah. which is obviously yeah. in a slightly longer schedule, but that's still a lot of goals. And yeah, uh, well, I think Garbage well, could be a nice part of that. Yeah, and Garbage can be on the the providing end of that. So that's yeah. for that matter. But my, I mean, we'll get to it more when we get closer to the season. But Matt Ritchie is someone who's going to be priced pretty pretty highly. Yeah, I haven't done the research. I'm not even sure I could do it now. But I wonder kind of what the the early round pricing is for promoted players like that. Like if there have been a, a good number that that come in expensive because you know. You know like, I don't think Danny Ings or Austin were all that expensive last year, and they were kind of the ones that, from the promoted sides, were the most, da- you know, the most well, yeah, prolific yeah. for fantasy. Yeah, you'll, you'll know that, that I'm, I'm very intrigued with the promoted sides. I always think there's value there. And last year, uh, well, I mean, Trippier was someone who I liked. And then furthermore, coming from Ipswich last, last season, Aaron Cresswell going to West Ham, you yep. know, there's always, I mean, there's value in the best players that come up to the Premier League. There really yep. is. I mean, Nathan Redmond is another name that you're going to hear mentioned probably when we get closer to the season over at Norwich. Uh, but he had a goal yesterday for England. Yep. England's under 21. 
So who got spanked by Italy? <laughs> they did. But there's a lot of value in the championship. Don't don't just don't just you know don't just laugh them away. There is tons of value there. And another value pick I think here uh, transfer going back to the transfer that's been completed. Andre Ayew, who I did select in the Taga draft. Uh, he is a forward that plays midfield, which is great. That's exactly yep. what you want. That's what you want. <laughs> <laughs> he's going from Marseille to Swansea, and the he's. He always seems to find a way to get himself in the right position to either cross or to score a goal. He's good at both passing and shooting, and he can take set pieces too. So he'll help uh, Gilpie Sigurdsson out a little bit. And I think there's going to be a good synergy there with him, Gomi, who played in the French League, and with, uh, and with Sigurdsson, hopefully. Uh, if those three can, can really get together, I mean, they'll have a decent offensive triangle there. And I think that Andre Ayew is going to be a great addition to Swansea. You always seem to do good business in the summer windows. Yeah, I think that's a great call. All right. And uh, another French connection here. Uh, Dimitri Payet is going from Marseille to West Ham. Do you think that spells the end to Stuart Downing's time in West Ham? It's, I don't know what to make of West Ham. We, they could be very different looking this, this season because they're... No, no big Sam. Right. Well, that, yeah, just starting off. No big Sam, so they could be a little more attacking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy Carroll supposed food, to be healthy. The food budget's gone way down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, the uh, they've got they've they've added two good pieces, and I'm just not sure. I just don't know what they look like yet, and that's that's ultimately my problem with it. They have a huge opening at right back because Carl Jenkinson um, his loan from Arsenal ended, and it's not back yet. I think. Um, West Ham want to buy him outright, and Arsenal have no interest in selling him because because you know they don't have enough right backs on their roster now. Well, you just I mean the the only reason why Bellerin played last year is because two right backs ahead of him got hurt, and so there's always there's always a reason for Arsenal to consider what happens if somebody gets hurt, so or three people get hurt because that's what happens. Apparently, so, they can't change their training staff. Right. So, I don't know. The uh, you know, Carroll back, Enter Valencia has been kind of thrown around a little bit as maybe an extra piece um that they could get rid of Diafrasaco. So, I don't know. It's uh I don't know what to make of them yet is the problem. Yeah, yeah and uh, on that token, Pedro Obiang, who's a good right. young a good young talent, he's also another guy who plays a similar position to Stuart Downing. Yep. Uh, I think I think there's a, a decent chance, and the rumors are that he'll be going out to Sunderland, which might be a good opportunity for both for yep. both for both Sunderland and also for all the players coming into West Ham. Yeah, Downing had a the definition of an up and down season last year, except yeah. it was up once and down once. <laughs> exactly, the one shoe up, one shoe down. Yeah, and it was Stuart Downing to me at Sunderland. He has more value than he does at West Ham, I believe. It's just that, that's the way I see it. I mean, I'm not going to be quick to pick him if he's still on West Ham. I mean, West Ham are an interesting team. I'm surprised they're not doing more business because they need to prepare themselves for the new stadium. They want to get to Europe. They're in Europe. I know. They want to stay in Europe. That, that's my only reason of why I think they might keep Downing because they have these extra. I mean, they could be out of it by. Yeah, they could be out of it by, by August. Yeah, right, right by August. But <laughs> if they're not, you know, that's these are extra games that you need bodies for. Yeah, we'll see. And I think they have a lot of forwards, you know, physically, just a, a number of them. They're yeah. not, none of them are too spectacular. They now have a number of midfielders, and you're right. They need to solve their defense. Yeah. Because they have the goalie. Adrian's a good goalie. Yeah, he is. Saves penalties. But uh, <laughs> Hits him, too. 
Exactly. But he say he say three in a row. Yeah. Anyway, uh, last last bit of uh, last bit of business I want to talk about. This is a very sneaky signing, and I think there is tons of value here potentially. Micah Richards on a free to Aston Villa, who desperately need help at defense. I think the Aston Villa defense issue is more of a philosophical one than a talent one. That uh, Sherwood Tim Sherwood is just more interested in attacking and. Is kind of. I think they're going to go in the same way, go into this season the same as they ended last. Of we just have to go out and try to outscore you, and you know Richards is a good player, but there's there wasn't a huge market for him, so I'm not sure he's going to make a giant difference. Uh, I'm not, and I don't know how many times I'm going to really consider the Aston Villa defense in weekly or even in season long. I, I, I'm going to respectfully disagree. I think Michael Richards is exactly what they need. He is physical. He's fast. He's young. Uh, he's not young. He's in his prime. Yeah. And I think he has a ton of talent. And I think he's perfect for the English game. And he played well when he was on Manchester City. Uh, I, I, think, I think people are a little premature to, to, to let him go. Okay. But that, that's, I, I, that's someone who I'm going to be looking for. And if he's cheap enough, I'm going to take him in almost every format. But let's go to our shenanigans. Let's go to the rumors. Uh, I love the Manchester United rumors that are happening. <laughs> oh, they want everybody, and everybody wants Man U, apparently. Uh, Bastian Schweinsteiger, let's start at the top. Any chance this happens, Bayern to Man U. You know, the best players from Bayern don't typically leave Bayern. That's exactly how I looked at it, that it's just not a club that you leave to go to a le- – not that there are lesser cl- that many lesser clubs, but you're right. You just don't see them – Say you know what I've won enough here. I'm going to go somewhere else where I, yeah, and especially a much. German-born player playing right. for Bayern Munich, leaving Germany altogether. Right. To go well, that's the other thing. Or, He's not going to go anywhere else in Germany. Yeah. So maybe, I mean, if he really does think he needs to go somewhere else, we saw it with Tony Cruz. He left to go to Real Madrid, and that didn't really work and, out and that how well. How that work out? Yeah, right, that didn't work out that well. So it I, I doesn't wonder. happen that often. Yeah, and I mean, and also, I mean. It's not going to go over well in Germany, but especially not to be to be playing for the guy who ran the Dutch team, who is Germany's prime rival internationally. Just yeah. seems weird to me. That's all. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. And even more, actually, maybe not equally ridiculous, but Sergio Ramos is probably utilizing Manchester United as a bargaining trip at Real Madrid. But rumor has it thirty five million dollars, thirty five million pounds. Excuse me, I've been laid on the table from Manchester United to Real Madrid for Sergio Ramos. Do you what know how much his buyout clause is? I have no clue. 189 million pounds. So slightly more. <laughs> 189 million. So in, in those terms, it's good business. Right. Yeah, it's a steal. That he would be great for them. Let's not, let's not uh, you know, pass that by because they need some legitimate center backs. You can only go so far with Phil Jones, Chris Smalling, Johnny Evans, and... Tyler Blackett. Blackett and McNair. I mean, come on now. If you, if you really want to be a a super club in terms of actual, you know, trophies, you need legitimate center backs and they don't have a single one, let alone one or two. So Bill Jones, by the way, rumored to get a new contract. Yeah. Great. He's English. So that helps. They're all English. So Ramos would be great, but 35 million pounds i'm assuming is it 35 million and De Gea, or is it just 35 million just 35 yeah that's ridiculous. now and 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 now manchester united are saying we're not going to do we're not going to sell 
Right. De Gea, De Gea unless right. Ramos is part of the deal. Which, which they is, should. I mean, that's what they should they say. They should ask. Yeah. Um, In the end, what do you think happens? I think he stays. I don't Ooh. think he... I don't think he goes anywhere just because you think so you think De Gea moves and I think De Gea moves and Ramos stays. I think Real Madrid wins this one completely. There's just to pay extra money. Yeah. But it's just money. They don't they don't care. They print money. They'll just sell Isco for fifty million. So the 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 value of center backs is so underrated, I feel like, that you In real life. In real life, yes. That you can't you can't sell a guy like Ramos. You just can't do it. You can't afford to do it. Sell Pepe. Go nuts. It would be like that's selling, what they should do. Just it would, offer. It would Pepe be like out. selling Laurent Koscielny. Oh gosh! Another rumor that Arsenal, that Real Madrid is going to ask Arsenal for Laurent Koscielny. Well, he's the Ramos replacement. I guess that would be the. So that's maybe that's why I'm hoping that Ramos does not go to United. However, if Ramos and or Schweinsteiger go to Man U, instant must starts in season long formats. You must get them on your team. I don't think Schweinsteiger is. He's just he's more of he doesn't attack enough for me. That I, I don't think not the player what, he used to be bombing down the right side of the Yeah, midfield. no, he's not. He's much more of a def, I don't want to call him a defensive midfielder, but he's not he's not what he used to be. No. And Ramos you're ultimately depending on Ramos being able to make Phil Jones better because the you know the the center backs he plays with all of them at, at Real Madrid are a hundred times better than whoever Man U has so Ramos you know just would have to do more than he does at, at Madrid which is pretty incredible since he does so much already so um no I I wouldn't say Ramos is a must play mostly because I think he'd be really expensive everywhere anyway yeah all right so uh let's go on the blue side of Manchester Kevin De Bruyne uh, rumored going from Wolfsburg to Man City. I like him, uh, apparently, enough to draft him in the third round. But um, do you think he has a lot of uh, fantasy value? I think he would have a ton there, yeah, because I think any midfielder at Man City gets a boost. And, you know, he had a, an incredible year at Wolfsburg. The Bundesliga is a much different yeah. style of play. But I still think as, he, as I have said multiple yeah, times. Yeah, I still think he, on that team, could have a major impact. I think he'd have a significantly bigger impact than Raheem Sterling. And the fact that Sterling, the numbers for Sterling are 10 to 15 million pounds more than yeah. De Bruyne are, are absurd. Homegrown. Yeah. Kevin De Bruyne's not. Right. So there, there's your there's your homegrown inflation. I mean, that's the number right there. Because yeah. I think they're similar players. Uh, Sterling views himself more as a finisher than De Bruyne. So... But they, that's not what Man City needs. They yeah. they need guys to, you know, take up space in the midfield to f- and find openings for Aguero and Silva and uh, Boney and, you know, let Yaya Torre kind of do whatever he wants. But yeah. I think he would fit in really well there. And what about uh, someone like John Stones, who's been rumored to be going to City or to Chelsea? Both teams interested. Yeah, the, the City thing is a little weird to me because I can't imagine they're going to replace company because I think Mangala has his spot pretty locked up he didn't he wasn't great last year he got better as the year went on but you know he was young he was expensive so I think they're going to go with him and company I think still has a few solid years so I'm not sure he's going to play I don't know did you watch him play last year company was terrible well he yeah yeah I mean it was a poor season but I think you know he he does a little more than 
than that for that club. So, but I don't know. And Chelsea is a complete waste. I don't know why he would go there. I don't know why they would. I mean, other than to check the homegrown box, I, I see no reason for Chelsea to buy him. He's not going to play over Terry Zuma or Cahill. Well, it would be a. It would probably be a future play because right. Terry is. You know, he's other side of thirty-five. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cahill's approaching thirty. Yeah. yeah, Cahill's not young. So uh, you think the future of Chelsea is Zuma and Zuma Stones. and Stones is not a bad future? I'll tell no. you that. No, but I mean they also have big plans Chelsea wise to move Ruben Loftus Cheek back there. Huh. Uh, I think eventually they're going to transition him from defensive midfield back to center back because hmm. he has the, he has the ability like John Terry does to pass. Yeah. So yeah, and he's big and he's a good defender. Yeah. So I think that's Maybe. the long term plan. To that's be interesting, honest. but. Uh, like I said, these are all shenanigans that we're talking about here. Uh, Carlos Baca, who's been playing tremendously for Colombia, but not starting in the Copa America, <laughs> yeah. played very well for Sevilla last year. He's rumored uh, Liverpool are interested, Man U sniffing around. Um, do you think he moves? Roma, I think, are really interested too. Yeah, that, and yeah. they desperately need some kind of attacker like Baca. So I think he'd be a perfect fit there. Liverpool and Man U, I think he's he's just kind of spare part there, so from a playing standpoint, I don't know why he would go. But he should be starting for Colombia yeah, over Falcao, who's been awful. He has been pretty bad. Yeah. Or Jackson Martinez. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone but Falcao. Right. Good <laughs> right. thing Chelsea got him. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Maybe he's just, holding, you know, he's just holding himself to really just break out when he gets to Stamford Bridge. God, I hope so. Charlie Austin, <laughs> um, right now, not the Premier League, but likely he will be. Newcastle, West Ham, sniffing around. Um, which one's a better fit for him if it's one of those two? I th- think Newcastle. Uh, just because I think, well, actually, now that West Ham is a new manager, I don't know how they, they play, but he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would want to have to deal with finding his own space aside from, or next to Sacco or or Carroll li- that he doesn't like to share. Yeah, I don't think he does, and so I think Newcastle gives him a better opportunity to do that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be the end of Iosi Paris's run at, yeah. the, at the position. I'll tell you that. I yes. think he'd be alone up there. That's for sure. Yeah, they, that's yeah, yeah. I and there are just not a lot of guys that that can do that, and so it's yeah. a, of in my opinion, it's just a, a very valuable way to you know position to be in for him. So if Loic Remy goes, uh, Loic Remy's next I want to talk about because he's going to leave Chelsea. I think he's going to leave Chelsea. He should. Um, so if he, let's say, if Charlie Austin goes to Newcastle and Loic Remy goes to West Ham, who's more valuable? Austin. If Loic Remy goes to Crystal Palace and Charlie Austin goes to Newcastle, who's more valuable? That I would say Remy. I'm really interested. That would, and I feel like it's such a perfect fit, and it makes so it, much. It's sense. so much sense. And because of that, it's yeah. not going to happen. No chance. <laughs> But yeah, I think that would be great. It would just be great. Yeah, uh, I, I, you know, I would be very excited for Loic Remy to get back and to get back playing and to get back playing for Crystal Palace would be fun to see. I think it'd be good for the Premier League because Crystal Palace are an exciting team. If they hold on to their midfielders, yeah. which right now they Looks are, like they are, yeah. yeah. And you know, if Yannick Velasi doesn't move, uh, Jason Punch is probably not going anywhere anyway. Or if Wilfred Zaha, I don't think any of them are going anywhere. And if they can add a Loic Remy in the middle, yeah. That's just that's so much speed and so much talent. That what about West Brom? Well, what about West Brom? You don't think he'd go there? No. Stato Barahino's there. He doesn't want to deal with that. I'm not sure Barahino's staying around either. Oh, 
This is this is fun. Where do you think Barahino's going to go? I'm I'm not sure, but I I, I don't think he fits Pulis's style, and I well, think Pulis wants to yeah, get rid of Barahino. Apparently, at the end of last season, was causing problems right. in, the, in the locker room. Yep, because he or, excuse he, me, the dressing room. Right. He was talking about wanting to play for a bigger club, which is kind of a s- silly thing to say in the position that he was in. But uh, I think I think if they got the bid, they would they would take it. I'm just not sure who's going to do it. Yep, it's the wrong the wrong time of the wrong time and wrong position to be demanding more. Right. He's just not good enough. But yet. I yeah. think I think that might be an interesting spot for Remy uh, if, if they were interested. Uh, I don't think uh, maybe I don't think so. Remy needs. I mean, Remy doesn't need service because he's fast. But I'm, you've seen it with Chelsea. I mean, there. I mean, Chelsea counterattack a lot, and he wasn't scintillating when he played. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, who says who said anything different to West Brom, who don't even counter that much? They just right. kind of sit back. Fair enough. But anyway, Morgan Schneiderlin. First of all, is there a ton of fantasy value with Morgan Schneiderlin? And then secondly, which fit do you think is best for him among the teams that are vying for him? Schneiderlin is like an all-star in draft goal with the, or at least they were, uh, he was last year because they have so many of these great defensive stats and he's got more value in Taga than he does in, in any of the daily sites or the season long ones. But I, I, I think he may be a, a nice eventual Michael Carrick replacement at Man U. I not sure he fits uh, in with Arsenal, if they're going to keep going with uh, Francis Coughlin, who I think they have every reason to keep going with because he's younger and cheaper, um, and so that leaves Tottenham. So Tottenham, are, you know, Ryan Mason is pretty well entrenched as one of the defensive midfielders, and then they kind of have moved with a few different guys like uh, Dembele and Bentaleb, and yeah, Dembele, who's rumored to be going to Chelsea, even right. So I think makes no sense. None. So I think from from playing time perspective, I think Tottenham is probably the the clearest one, but I'm not sure they're going to want to have to pay 35 yeah. or whatever, 30 million for Familiarity him. with the system, too. Yep. With Pochettino. With Pochettino, yeah. It's a good point. All right. And um, another... Know, I've, I've, I'm not... I've never been a huge Schneiderlin fan. Yeah. Another potential move that makes no sense, Asmir Begovic, potentially from Stoke <laughs> to Chelsea. No sense. Nope. But they're, Aston Villa have apparently put in a bid now, and I think for both player and team, I think it makes more sense. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he could definitely start there. I wonder if they're going to... Well, they might sell the goose. Yeah, which is... I wonder what his next step is. I mean, he got benched at the end of last year. and you you got to think Guzan's going to come to the MLS because Maybe. almost all the American players are now. Maybe. NYC, Part of me thinks... Yeah, NYCFC does not need him. No. No, they don't. All right, but I think he does go back to MLS. I don't think I don't think there's another team that's going to make have, give him starting give him starting time in the Premier League at least. Yeah, I mean you just yeah, you never yeah. know. And uh, the, the the ridiculous the most ridiculous rumor that we've heard so far, actually tied for with a bunch of others, was Stoke demanding Victor Moses and cash for Asmir Begovic from Chelsea. <laughs> do you think Victor Moses eventually does go to Stoke at a reasonable price? Yeah, I do. I think he. He seemed like he was comfortable there. He played really well there, and they need him. And Chelsea doesn't. So it would be a nice combo: Boyan on one side, Victor Moses on the other. Yeah, I, Peter um, Crouch can get a lot of headers from those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm less optimistic about Boyan, at least for this season, than a lot of other people. 
So would you be? So what if it was Marco Arnautovic? Yeah, that's Could sure. That? At least that's a good that's a good three on the outside at least. Yeah. All right, and then last but not least, Jordan Shakiri. He just signed for Inter. Apparently, not very happy. Uh, Liverpool and Stoke. I, I, I love how Stoke is is a central theme to the end of the podcast here. <laughs> but uh, potentially leaving Inter after only a half a season to go to the Premier League. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't see where he fits in at Liverpool, and I'm sure he could play wherever he wanted at Stoke, but he's got to then play for Stoke. So I'm not sure how you, as I said before the pod, I don't know how you go from Milan to Stoke and be happy about it. It's tough. It's tough. It's a tough sell to anybody. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> and on that note, we will end this episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. It's great to be back, uh, but both my cat and the shot sheet say that we are done for the day. And Andrew, good to be talking to you again. I love hearing what you guys are doing with the MLS stuff. It's getting a lot of attention. I'm really, it's really good to see that fantasy soccer in all of its forms is coming to the top of the lists of people's downloads on uh, on iTunes. So really happy to hear about it. Any final – anything you're looking for going forward in terms of transfers, you know, early in the window coming up with July approaching? The only guy that I keep looking at is Jackson Martinez because there's this – he's been linked to everybody and everybody has had a done deal with him. And so just selfishly, Arsenal was one of the teams. So I, I prefer they pass. Looks like he's going to Atletico Madrid, but we all thought he was going to AC Milan too. So I think he's the next big one to to go. Just depends where it is. All right, Andrew. Thank you so much for joining me early on a Thursday today. And we'll catch you next time, most likely in the later part, uh, in the middle part of July to react to the first wave of transfer rumors. Thank you again, Andrew. Catch you in a couple weeks. Yes, sir. For more great content, go to rotowire.com slash soccer. It's all free and it's all for you. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.